0: to episode 12 of the Easier Said Than Done podcast. My name is Brennan Donahue. Uh, you'll hear Bob Horgan in a little bit. Dave is not in on this week's episode. Uh, it's been a while since our last video, our last podcast, I should say. Um, end of school come coming for, for all of us between uh, finals and end of the year festivities. Um, just a lot going on. So didn't get a chance to, to put anything up the last week and a half or so. Uh, if you can hear this, yeah, but my allergies are kind of bothering me right now. So that's why I sound a little bit nasally, but I'm all right in the, uh, in the interview that we have. Uh, this week, we had a uh, chat with Chris Mata. Chris is a guy from Grafton that uh, really knows his stuff about the NFL draft. Uh, predicted 16 of the first 32 first-round picks correctly. Very knowledgeable about the pool of players. As uh, so we sat down with him, talked to him about uh, the Patriots drafting Mac Jones, the rest of the Patriots draft class, what it meant, where people fit in uh, along with how the rest of the, the draft kind of laid out um, with, you know, first round quarterbacks going off the board with our friend, Pat Fry uh, getting drafted by the Steelers, uh, by Grafton local guy, Gra- uh, Fatima Alfonmu getting drafted by the Detroit Lions. So, there's a lot of stuff primarily around that, but some, some other uh, topics lodged in there going forward. Um, there's going to be a lot of, or me, Bob, Dave, we're going to have a lot of stuff going on during the summer uh, between, you know, work and other commitments and vacations and stuff like that. So uh, no matter what, if we can't get a podcast out, I'll try and get a blog or something like that out just to keep stuff coming out. But uh, Yeah we'll talk to you guys next week. Here's the interview with Chris and uh, talk soon. All right. Joining us now is Chris Mata. Uh, Chris is from Grafton. I uh, went to UMass, we kind of ran around in a bunch of the same circles, but never uh, ran into each other. Uh, mm-hmm. Really knowledgeable about the draft. I believe he got 16 out of the 32 first round picks. Right. Um, so he knows his shit. Um, so Chris, thanks for joining, man.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to talk about the draft. Finally excited about the Patriots. Had a little bit of a low year, so can now start talking about some serious football.
0: Yeah, so I mean, I guess we'll start right there. Um, so the way that I was watching it, I, I was pulling for Justin Fields pretty much the entire time. I'm not going to lie. I was pretty vocal about it, too. Yeah, um, sorry, so, <laughs> yeah so when I saw... Chicago jumped them at 11. I was actually kind of surprised that Chicago did pull the trigger. I was also kind of surprised that the package that they gave up I thought was going to be a little bit more substantial. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess with Mac, my initial thoughts were you know, he's not the sexy pick, but he's probably got a higher floor than Fields does, than Lance does, than the guys I guess that were in the Pats range. Mm-hmm. And he seems like he's probably the closest. To plugging plugging in and playing and having success in the shortest amount of time. So, what's I guess your thought about how does Mac fit into the picture in year one?
1: Year one, I don't think he does. I think he. I think the team's fully committed to Cam Newton. I think. I think it's actually going to be a great offense for him. You know, he made Greg Olson great in uh, in Carolina. He's a quarterback who with his running threat. He's going to pull linebackers up and he's going to be able to pop the ball over to Hunter Henry. Um, Super excited for John Smith's athleticism. I think they're going to line him up in the backfield a lot. Um, You can see him on a ton of screens. Tight end screen is a play that's become huge in the NFL these past few years. And uh, John who Smith is going to be unreal with that. So in year one with Mac Jones, um, obviously there's the possibility that Cam Newton sucks. So I was upset when we signed Cam Newton at first and I, and I grew on it. The offensive line is terrific. I think they have great run blockers. Um, I think it's very conducive to Cam Newton succeeding. But that being said, if his arm is truly like some of the throws I saw him make last year, then then he could be in trouble. And Mac Jones is very ready to play now. You know, very well coached, five-year guy, um, experience. And what I'm really excited about is he's saying all the right things he sounds like Tom Brady if he was drafted in the first round, that this is what Tom Brady would have said. He'd come in, only talk about work, not going to talk about anything else, making himself better. So, overall, I'm I'm excited for the future of it, um, and I, more so than I was on draft night. Bob, day one, or year one, where you do where you think that fits in?
2: So, I also kind of, am with Chris on this, um, you know, I think Chris kind of hit every big point on the head, uh, like, this offense is almost built for Cam Newton to succeed. And if he doesn't, I guess that's just more of he's probably done. Um, I don't know where many better fits are for him. I mean, we're going to give him every opportunity to, you know, ground and pound football, give him running opportunities and, you know, short throws, chuck downs. Uh, you know, we don't really – like, I guess Nelson Aguilar is a deep threat, but I think you can kind of look at our offense and see more of a – we're going to take six yards through the air, run it for three – Run it for two. Move the chains. Uh, I think Mac Jones has a a chance to see the fields. Um, and obviously stuff changes. I mean, look, if we're two and four and we have the worst like offense in the NFL, then all right, right, something's got to happen. But you know, if we're four and two early and like we're fine, or you know, if it comes to week eight or like the trade deadline, not that we trade can, but if we're like fine and competing. And Cam is, you know, the the 20th best quarterback in the NFL. I think we kind of keep going with that. But, again, it's it's all on Cam. And what Cam do we get? Do we get Cam Newton from four years ago, which I think we all wanted to see? Or do we get, you know, I can't throw the ball at Cam Newton.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's interesting. So, on DraftKings, as of, like, two days ago, Mac Jones to take the first snap of the season for the Patriots was minus 200. So, big favorite there. So, I was looking at that, and I was like, you know, Vegas always knows, but do they? I don't really know.
1: Yeah, you know, picks? they said we were going to sign Cam Newton like three months in advance, and I thought it was total BS. We were yeah, for exactly, him. exactly. You know.
0: <laughs> the, the one thing I will say about Mac is he does seem like he fits in with the offensive weapons that they've brought in, with the exception of maybe Aguilar, who is a downfield kind of guy. Between the two tight ends, Kendrick Bourne is not – a Deep threat per se. He's more of like your your classic eight nine yard route kind of guy. Jacoby Myers can kind of do a little bit of everything. James White is obviously kind of like you know a dump off and get what you can get out of him. I feel like that fits Max' game pretty well in year one. I you know it remains to be seen how he progresses throughout his career as an NFL QB, but I think I where was it ninety two percent completion rate on throws seven yards and under at Alabama or something like that so you know who knows to be completely honest with you we don't know I don't even think Bill knows it's all going to be like we've said you know it's all going to be based off of how Cam does it's Belichick said it's Cam's job to lose so I mean that's all there is to be said at this point right now, you
1: know. Yeah, I mean, going off what you said a little bit, I think while the offense is conducive to Newton succeeding, I don't think it, it is – and like, holds Mac Jones back at all, like you said. I think Mac Jones can succeed just as easily as Cam Newton could. I think uh Mac, you know, I don't think he's known for his deep ball, but keep in mind he's the same guy throwing to Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith yep. all year, so – he knows how to deal with speed. He knows how to put the ball downfield. He does underthrow sometimes. But um, I'll tell you what, any rookie quarterback who is able to come into a situation with a top-tier offensive line and binkies, like tight ends and James White, I think they're in a great position to succeed no matter what. So I, I don't think you can really go wrong with a fit for either quarterback. I'll ask one thing. So the the whole,
0: like – thing about Mac was that people were concerned that he's playing on Alabama. He's behind the best offensive line. He's surrounded by the best weapons. Do you think there's any truth to that argument at all?
1: Uh, there's, of course, truth to it and that you'd like to see more. But the, the thing is, he did everything he was expected to do with those weapons. So it can't be something that's held against him. He couldn't have done any more. I mean, this season was like... Barely short of Joe Burrow, and I know he didn't have as good of, like, tight window passing numbers, but he didn't really need to throw into many tight windows, to be completely honest. Um, So, yes, it's a concern. He had clean pocket, but I think he's going to have a clean pocket (laughs) here. Um, He had good weapons there. Great weapons there, excuse me. Even on an NFL team, they're great weapons. But here he's going to have good weapons, above average weapons, and – I mean, going forward, looking long term too, they're gonna add someone else too. They're gonna add other weapons. I think the tight ends will be here for a while, but they'll add someone else. So, yeah, I mean, it's almost
0: like you you can't hold it against him that he was on a good. Exactly. Trip. Yeah, um, it,
2: it might be kind of a stupid comment. But you still you still have to make the throw. Like, Cam Newton, exactly. we can get guys open. You still got to put the ball in the money and hit the guy in the chest. Like, and Mac did that consistently.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of throws that Mac Jones made in <laughs> college where you hear the announcer saying you can't do it much better than that. You can't put the ball much better than that. And, yeah, Devontae Smith was wide open, but he hits him perfectly in stride and got the ball there. And, you know, so I, I'm excited to see what he can do. It won't and be he, as easy for him. So he'll and, you to- know, the,
0: there were throws last year that – he made that Cam had in the same exact scenario and he's duffing it or he's throwing it long. Like, yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, I think there's something to be said for just having a guy who is a, a natural pocket passer who use his arm seems to be reliable and is, not, we're not, you know, his success is, isn't based off mm-hmm. of the physical traits and him being big, strong and uh fast. So I guess we'll move on to the rest of the draft. Bob, did you like it? Did you love it? Were there things that you wish that they addressed? Maybe a corner, maybe a receiver not or a
2: receiver earlier than the seventh? Uh I honestly I'm kind of like I wasn't really into taking a receiver unless you know I loved Rondell Moore just as a, a deep pick on the fly. Why not? Um and I just don't think he was worth where he got picked. I would have taken like a flyer on him in the third round, maybe. Um I liked the Barmore pick. I think, you know, he can sit for, he's going to play, but like he's going to have a year to grow, maybe two. Uh, and, you know, I think people had him as high as going to us in the first round, which doesn't mean a ton, but he's a good player. I mean, you saw the national title game. He dominated, like he was, think about him. He was Alabama's best defensive lineman. Historically Alabama's best defensive lineman has a, a solid NFL career. So I'll, I'll take my chances with that. Um I don't know much about Ronnie Perkins, I'll be honest, but I just think the value is there. Why not uh, add him to kind of – he's looking at him. He's what, like 6'3", 255, I think he was. He's kind of that, like, tweener, defensive end. Um, yeah, but besides that, no pick I really loved later on. Uh, I think the, the Oklahoma back was Ramondre Stevenson or whatever. Looks like Sony's probably on his way out, which see ya. You gave us one year, <laughs> but I think, you know, it was a typical Patriots draft. No one really exciting. Just kind of what you expect.
0: Yeah, no, I think that, so I guess I'll, I'll go next. So uh, the Barmore pick I liked, I think if you look at the spine of the team, there's a lot, there's a, there's a, a young player in place to be here for a while and contribute at almost every single position now, um, except for maybe linebacker. If you look, so on the defensive side of the ball, you got Barmore there. Now you have um, the secondary, you have Duggar and you have JC Jackson, depending on what the contract situation turns into there, offensive side of the ball. You have Mac. Now you have Damian Harris, who looks like he's going to be a solid running back remains to be seen what Stevenson's going to give you, I guess. Honestly, hands up. I didn't see a lot of him in the college football season, but, His comparisons, LeGarrette Blount, you know, he had a tremendous amount of success in New England. So I think it was an important pick, not because it was a need immediately, but it's going to be a need down the road. I know we re-signed Lawrence Guy, but Adam Butler did leave. I know we signed Godchow from um, Miami. So I liked that pick. The Perkins pick seemed like a good value pick. Um, It's funny that they just keep going to the same two schools every single year now. They have a ton of Oklahoma guys. You got a ton of Bama guys. It's like the new Rutgers. Um, and then, you know, the, the picks later on in the draft, there were guys on the board that were still there that I would have liked, but I'm like not heartbroken by, I think it was the fourth round when they picked Stevenson. There was, um, I think it was Jalen Rager or something. No, Jalen Rager's on the Philly. Uh, Philly. It was the dude from, uh, Oh no, Jalen Darden, the dude from North Texas. Um, he seemed like kind of a playmaker that I would have liked to see them bring in. I watched a lot of the receivers in the late rounds cause I thought maybe that's where they would come in. But other than that, I'm, I'm content. I wouldn't say I'm excited, but I'm content. How about you, Chris?
1: You know, I'm actually ecstatic, believe it or not. Um, I can kind of give you a background on some of the guys that they took. So starting with, I mean, we know Barmore. Uh, we all know Mac Jones. We all know Barmore. Barmore At the very least, what I can say is he's a pass-rushing defensive tackle. We went from that being one of our biggest weaknesses in the offseason to being a huge strength now. Lawrence Guy is going to be able to play inside. They made a great signing, Henry Anderson from the Jets. He's going to be a great guy to play three technique. Um, The Ronnie Perkins pick. I think it is a very, very high-value pick. Um, This is a guy who... I, when I was, I mean, I covered the draft very, very intently. And this was a guy who would have been good value at the beginning of the second round, midway through the second round. And we got him with pick 96. Um, he's got wicked heavy hands. He's not necessarily the uh, quickest guy, but he has great bend and very heavy hands. You, like when he's ta- uh, uh, excuse me, attacking tackles, he drives them back into the pocket and collapses it. I absolutely love his upside. Don't know if he'll, play this year with Judon, Van Noy, all these killers coming off the edge, um, but he'll be a good value pick long-term. Stevenson, I think they absolutely needed a running back. Not really a popular pick among Patriots fans, but you lose Rex Burkhead, or maybe you don't lose him. He's in free agency. Who knows what happens with him? He's still unsigned, but one year left of Sony, one year left of James White, and then you're Damian Harris and now Ramondre, so you have... Damien Harris, who they hope to start working now on catching more out of the backfield and being more of a Swiss Army knife. And then maybe you have your guy who's Stevenson, who's a bruiser. He's really quick on his feet and very patient. Those are the two things that stand out about him for being a big guy. I think he played at like two forty six in college and he came down to like two thirty or so um at his pro day. Um and then the last pick I really, really, really love is uh Cam McGrone, the kid from Michigan. Um I had, I I follow a bunch of guys who are Patriots experts and some of them had us getting him in the third round. They wanted us to take him like during, during the live feed while the draft was going on. And this is a guy who, if he didn't have his injuries, which held him back, he won't play this year. He will not play, but especially I'm not the biggest fan of Bentley. I don't think Anthony Jennings, our third round pick from Bama played particularly well last year, even on special teams. So I'm not sure his future with the team. I know Uche is playing a little bit more off ball these days, um, but I think magrone like factors in long term. I think it's a great pick. This defense is absolutely stacked, like top to bottom. I'm yeah, so and excited. I know what you were saying. He's not going to play this year. They they were saying that he was coming off
0: a torn ACL, and yeah. he's like one of the younger guys in the draft. He's only 20 years old. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that seemed like a pick that. Obviously, there's a lot of value there. There's very a high the upside, very high upside. Yeah. And especially in the fifth round, like, you know, there's no, there's, no, um, there's no downside in taking a guy like that at that point. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess some some exciting stuff for, for me and Chris uh, growing up in Grafton. We had Afatu Melfanu getting drafted in the third round mm-hmm. uh, by Detroit. Kind of lower than I guess we were all expecting. Um, yeah, yeah,
1: we were open third round. I think like yeah, maybe I, I saw some that was
0: like late second.
1: I'll tell you what: if he had a real combine and there weren't all these fluffed up Twitter numbers on every single player that's coming out this year, is running a four four, then a Fatu would have gone in the second round.
0: Yeah, or, I mean, it, you saw what the uh, combine did for Obi a couple exactly. years ago, like. I think Obi was kind of off the radar and then made a name for himself. Yeah, And then I
1: saw him on SportsCenter center the day after the combine. I was like, Oh my God.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I think almost like having Obi have gone through the process, almost like made it a little bit less surreal seeing a do this. But at the same time, you think about it, you're like, Whoa,
1: like yeah, i mean, I've played with me. them for like five years.
0: Yeah, exactly. So so, I mean, Detroit went all defensive pretty much with the exception of a couple of picks. So it, Dan Campbell looks like he's all in on addressing the defensive side of the ball. It looks like they're building
1: it's- the team the right way. I'll tell you that much. I yeah, think and- as much as it might suck for people to say, oh, he's going to a terrible team, or they, they will be terrible this year at least. Um, and it's Detroit, so that also sucks. But at the end of the day, you know what's good is the fact that he's going to get a chance to play. And they're a team who's being built the right way with Dan Campbell. They just re-signed Frank Ragno to a big deal. Uh, Penny Sewell, they, they were ecstatic when he fell to them. And I don't blame them. I mean, Cincinnati should have been ecstatic when he fell to five. But I, I knew they were going to take Jamar Chase, but it made me sick. Um,
0: yeah, it was pretty cool seeing, like, Jeff Okuda tweet at him, like, welcome to the oh, secondary. Yeah. Like, we got a Nigerian def- uh, defensive side of the Take ball. A bunch the-
1: of Nigerians uh, on the defensive unit. Yeah, <laughs> that d
0: lineman. I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, hey, everybody seemed to love the draft. I mean, I think is going to have a really, really successful career. He's got all the makings to to succeed. So, I think that's actually a really good spot for him, too, because he's Not going to be in a position where he has to succeed from day one.
1: His expectations are going to be reasonable and they're going to be able for him to succeed.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, not only for him, but guys that are in the same scenario, the worst thing that you can do is draft a third rounder to a team that's successful, that has needs, that's going to be going to a playoff team. And then people are completely committed to the thought that he's going to sum it up or glue – the the pieces together from day one. Exactly. So I think it's, like I said, he's in a good spot to succeed there. Campbell seems like he actually knows what he's doing there. Um, so, I mean, you just got to be excited. And then the other one for uh, for me and Bob is our guy, Pat Fryer, got drafted second round, 55 overall to uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I was looking on Twitter and Steelers fans seem to be a little bit torn <laughs> on it. So (laughs) I think when you go running back in the first round, then people are kind of expecting you to address maybe some of the less flashy needs. But I think Pat is in a great spot. He was probably the second best tight end in the draft. He was the second highest drafted tight end in the draft. Um, So, I mean, for him, this is, this is an exciting spot to go. I think tight end is almost the exact opposite defensively because Play, our teams aren't really expecting you to to pop off or fans aren't expecting you to pop off year one. They kind of have tempered expectations for rookies year one. I think he's, I mean, him and Ebron, that's a really good tight end room. I don't know what Ebron's contract situation is long-term, but
2: Bob, thoughts? Yeah, I think it was a good spot for Pat. Um, I know we kind of liked, we thought Jacksonville might've been an opportunity um, with that, which probably would have been sick. I mean, catching passing from Trevor Lawrence. I think you've seen it in the past uh, Ben kind of ha- actually hammers the second tight end usually in the red zone. Like I th- I'm thinking of, you know, Jesse James, Vance McDonald. Um, I don't know Heath Miller was like their one, but like that's kind of what I think about Pittsburgh, like in their tight end. what that, um, I think that he's got a chance to, you know, maybe have like an eight touchdown season, which might be high. They were I mean. The thing with Pittsburgh is their line sucks and they drafted a running back, which I don't think solved any of their problems. Free a hundred percent. Yeah. I would, I just like, there was probably guys you could take and then, you know, packets put in a spot where it's like, you know, I mean, a blocking tight end helps. I think he's more of a playmaker kind of an all around guy, but like, I think people are probably mad. They didn't really address the offensive line with his pick, but I think he'll have a good career there. Um, especially, we kind of saw Ben's kind of becoming a noodle arm quarterback at this rate in his career. Um, So, you know, could be a lot of short passes for him. Um, I think he'll have a good career though. And I, I think it's a decent spot to go.
0: Yeah. I mean, speaking of the red zone, like he never dropped a pass in the red zone over his college career. So I mean, that says all you need to know for a guy like him and the way he plays, we were talking about Jacksonville, his old tight end coach is there. So I thought, that seemed like a reasonable spot for him to oh, go, yeah. but Jacksonville. You know, I actually liked what they did in the draft. They seemed. I was surprised they didn't go Morig first pick in the second round. Um, wait, who did they go with second pick in the or first pick in the second round? I
1: think it was Tyson Campbell. Yeah, yeah that's right. Of Georgia.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so he was saying um, he was talking a lot to Tennessee. He was talking a lot to Buffalo, and he was talking a lot to Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh ended up coming to fruition. Um, so yeah. And then I guess we haven't really addressed what else happened in the first round. So Mm -hmm. Justin Fields going to Chicago. I like it for Chicago, but it almost makes me feel like, oh, he's going to Chicago. Justin Fields can't be that good.
1: (laughs) Yeah. They'll ruin him. Yeah. Um, I think it was probably a good move for the Bears. Give it, like I think they got good value moving up for him. I've been of the belief that Justin Fields is the second best quarterback in this draft Agreed. Like through the entire process. I don't know how, after what he did in the college football playoff, his stock went down. Uh, from what I heard, he didn't necessarily wow guys in the film room, whereas Trey Lance wowed people. He really showed that he's a student of the game. Mac Jones showed that as well. Uh, but I, you know... Unlike you, I actually did not think Mac or um, Justin Fields was going to end up going to the Patriots. I, I didn't necessarily completely... think it. I was just yeah, yeah. really hoping but it. The thing is, what what actually made me know that we weren't going to be interested in him was the fact that we heard about it. Was the fact that we were hearing all this. Because, like, weirdly enough, they were probably obsessed with Mac Jones and we didn't hear it as many reports of, like, the Patriots being in love. It was all speculation of the belichick saving connection. And
0: there was that video of him shaking his head at ProDev. Yeah,
1: exactly. So, yeah, you know, Bill probably loved that. He was like, oh, my God, video of me shaking, and shaking oh. my head? That's unreal. Um, so I didn't think it was ever going to be Fields. But I think the draft could have really changed had Mac Jones gone three. But I, I really don't th- – I'm really surprised that Schefter and uh, Rappaport like put their reputations on the line so hard and like came out and made predictions that like that they're hearing from sources that it's going to be Mac Jones.
0: Yeah. No, I mean I no it seemed like no one really knew anything, especially after they come out and say that people in the organization didn't know whether it was gonna be Mac Jones or Trey Lance. And you know, and it's just, the real idea.
1: signs didn't show that it was gonna be Mac Jones. Yeah, it's and it and only the, the no package. package is, and, heard.
0: Yeah, the package that they gave up was too hefty for them to pick Jones at three. I mean, I think – I here's my thing with them drafting Trey Lance, and it's the same thing with the Jets drafting Zach Wilson, is I'm sure they are going to be good QBs. I have a tough time how you can evaluate them playing against Troy, Coastal Carolina, who was good this year, but you get the – Yeah, and
1: Coastal beat BYU, yeah.
0: Exactly, exactly. So I have a tough time – Evaluating that versus Lawrence, Fields, Jones constantly playing the best teams in the country against the best secondaries in the country. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it remains to be seen. I think Wilson is going to be a good QB. Um, he, he still does look like he's 14 years old. Um, crazy.
1: He's got a baby face. Yeah,
0: he does. And it seemed – I mean, they're going to give him the keys day day one it looks like because I don't really have – yeah, really definitely.
1: Smart. might be the only one besides Lawrence who, for sure, has the keys to the kingdom day one.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Um, like you, I the only way that Cincinnati drafted Jamar Chase is if Burroughs put a birdie or put a uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. sent a birdie out and said, "I want Jamar Chase." Because I don't know how you can have a guy who, who your number one overall pick who just tore everything in his knee and you don't pick the best tackle in the draft in a spot of need.
1: My only answer for you is that this is the same team who had Marv Lewis as a coach for 20 years and never won a playoff game. You know, there are some organizations that just don't do business the right way. And that as much as I actually think Jamar Chase will succeed, I think like he'll probably be the best fantasy player of the wide receivers, especially year one out of the draft. Um, But at the end of the day, you just got to shake your head and chalk it up to the Bengals, wanting to be sexy and sell tickets over wanting to shore up what really matters and win games and build a real team. So,
2: yeah. I mean, Bob, your favorite pick in the first round? Uh, I think I liked, the I like the Eagles going up and getting Devonta Smith. I know it was a weird thing. I just – they've needed help for so long. Um, and I I don't know. I hate the – I don't like the he's too small narrative. Like, I think you kind of saw in – I know college schemes are way different than the NFL and the players, the game's faster moving. Like, watching him just, just – if you watch one game of him, obviously he won the Heisman, but just watching the Ohio State game, it's almost like he – he runs his routes so effortlessly and just like he's just always open where it's like, man, I mean, he's small, but if he's not going to get hit, if he's going to get down, he's going to get out of bounds. It doesn't matter. I think he legitimately has a chance to be, I don't know, top 15 guy year one. I don't, really know. I don't know. They I don't know what their style is going to be like, you know, hurts is kind of a scrambler, um, but I think he could have a huge year.
0: Yeah, I I think it was a failure for the Eagles if they didn't come out with one of the, those four playmakers, whether it was Pitts or the three receivers at the top. I just
1: can't believe the dynamic of that trade. That yeah, yeah. NFC East uh, ten, eleven, twelve. Dallas agreeing to screw over the Giants probably because they're closer to succeeding, it, and they would probably rather have the Eagles get Devontae Smith than the Giants.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing: is like we don't even know how good Jalen Hurts really is. Like, he played well, but they still went one and four while he was the quarterback.
1: I mean, if if Devontae Smith had ended up going to the Giants instead of they ended up getting Kadarius Stoney, uh, I mean, they have Devontae Smith, uh, Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Saquon's back this year, Engram's healthy. Like, Daniel Jones has all the weapons, and that's after taking a first-round tackle last year, Soldier coming back. So they would have been pretty nasty, and I think Dallas was probably pretty aware of that.
0: Yeah. No, that's, that's a point that actually, I didn't even think about to be completely honest with you. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at the the rest of the, I mean, Micah Parsons going to Dallas made a lot of sense because the two top corners came off the board. Um, I think he's going to be, I mean, look, he's going to be a stud. It's just, I I don't understand why he fell the way he did unless there was those character issues that were like that prominent. I mean, mm-hmm. He was the best defensive player in the draft, for my, in my opinion. And to see him go down to 12 is crazy. I, I don't know how I felt about Horn and Sertain going in the top 10. I don't necessarily think that this was a super top heavy cornerback uh, class. And it kind of felt like they said that they needed, that they took corners because they had to take one of those two guys. Um, but I, I think Parsons is going to succeed there.
1: Mm-hmm. I think Parsons was a, a solid pick doesn't fit a need, but it gets your overall defense better. I mean, they have Vander Esch and Jalen Smith two definitely top 10 linebackers. So I mean, it, it gets better. It gets their defense better. They didn't really, you know, they, they definitely would have liked one of those guys fall into them. But, you know, I think the Panthers never really replaced James Bradbury. Um, and they're in a division right now where they have to go against Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, yep. um, Michael Thomas, and uh, who's the other? And Julio Jones, Kyle Pitts, and Calvin Ridley. Yep. So that was a team who I know they spent their first seven picks, or actually all seven picks in the draft last year. Matt Rule's first year as head coach, they spent all seven picks on defense, um, and then they went right back to the well again. I actually like it. Um, I thought they could have gone Waddle. Had Waddle slipped, had Waddle not gone six to Miami, I think they could have gone Waddle to replace Curtis Samuel. Um, I, I think I heard some reports, too, that uh, that was going to be uh, his floor anyways, Jalen Waddle's floor. Eight, yeah, so. we actually
0: we actually had him going to Carolina in our mock. It was just like Curtis Samuel <laughs> left, Robbie Anderson's on last year of a deal. If he puts up a, a season like he did last year, he's not going to be uh, cheap by any by any means. Um, my favorite pick in the first round outside, I mean, outside of like the top 10, there were picks that I really, really liked and thought that they just made too much sense. Um, Rashad Bateman, 27 to Baltimore. I think that's a great pick for me. Lamar needed another player that could mean, Hollywood hasn't exactly pumped out the production that they thought that he was going to. He's a nice playmaker. He's not a first round pick production type of guy. I think Bateman offers a different dimension to their offense. They needed a big guy on the outside. Um, Like I said, they have Hollywood Willie Sneeds still a smaller guy. Mark Andrews lining up at tight end. Bateman gives them a bigger body on the outside. He's strong. He runs routes. Well, I thought that was a really good fit. I actually had him and going to Baltimore in the mock. I actually had them trading up to get him. So the fact that he fell to 27 is good value there. Um, Yeah, I mean, other than that, you know, I really like Greg Rousseau, too, out of Miami. The fact that you can have 16 and a half sacks and then just opt
1: out and have your talk all that much. It is value. I'm going to have to disagree with you on just let me tell you this. I, he's my number one favorite to be a bust. And and I know they got very good value on him. And this is a dude who a year ago, we could have been talking about being the favorite to be the number one overall pick. I know the opt out happened, yeah. but if you go back and look at his film, he looks like one of these guys who has all the physical tools, but doesn't have it as a football player. I, his athleticism is the only thing that gives me pause on saying that he's definitely going to be a bust. But for instance, Ronnie Perkins his hands are 10 times better than Rousseau. He like Rousseau gets sacks on stunts and coverage sacks because he's fast. He's can eventually break away from a tackle after three or four seconds. At the end of the day, they got, I think Carlos Basham with their second round pick. So they doubled up at the end. I actually love Basham. And I think that like totally cancels out the Rousseau pick. So no matter what, I think they got better on the edge. Buffalo did.
2: Does Basham could could Basham start day one over Russo?
1: Yes, absolutely. Russo is a raw prospect and Basham is much more much more pro ready.
2: That's what I was thinking.
1: He was dealing with injuries, but um if should he be healthy by the time the season starts, I think he's a much more polished prospect than Russo.
0: Yeah, and I think <clears throat> I mean the Bills need somebody on the edge. Epinesa did not produce the way that they wanted yeah, to. They, they show. gotta replace Jerry Hughes for sure. Yep. So, I mean, if one of those two guys can turn into a solid starter, I mean, you win there. Um, not great news for the pass, obviously. Um, looking at the rest of the first round, um, how comedy is it? How much comedy is it that Green Bay goes defensive? Pick one. Right after Rodgers is disgruntled. I mean, how can, how can they just keep doing this? And, like, I'm surprised Rodgers hasn't made a stink earlier, to be completely honest with you. And then they, they go center, and then they give him – A receiver. So, I mean, I guess it would have made more sense if they took Dickerson in the first round and then got a center in the second round. I mean, I I mean, it just, it it didn't make sense to me.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, it's a tough time to be a Packers fan. Let me tell you that. Um, They're going through a Patriots fans last year. And unfortunately they're not blessed with having Bill Belichick running the entire franchise because that team is a debacle. Going back to they completely ruined like taking Jordan Love last year, total mistake, pushed Roger Sweet. out. Rogers out. Uh the second round pick, AJ Dillon, you take him and then re-sign Aaron Jones to a huge contract the next year after he has like some huge games. Like it makes no sense. They could have re signed Jamal Williams. I think he went to Detroit for like three million. Jamal and Williams they cut, And they cut Lindley. Yeah, Lindsley, who ends up great signing by San Diego. Uh, We're well, not San Diego. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers now getting Herbert protection. And they got Rashawn Slater. So their interior line is going to be great. They're doing, they're doing things the right way, too. And also firing Anthony Lynn. That's doing things the right way. <laughs> Agreed. So, they had a great draft also. But I actually do think the Browns won the draft out of anyone. I think the Browns had some of my favorite picks. Uh, yeah, I mean,
0: Usu koromoa they said might have like a heart issue, but they said it. It looks like it's going to be cleared up, but it still scared
1: some teams away. But getting him fifty-two overall. Oh my god, I I'm actually close with a lot of Browns fans, and they absolutely wanted uh, Usu koromoa at twenty-seven, I think, or twenty-six was their pick yeah. when they got Greg Newsom. But Greg Newsom is a very good cornerback, and they're going to be able to pair him with Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams, and they just signed uh Jadavian Clowney to go with Miles Garrett. That that is a serious team, let me tell you that. And it's a team that should have beaten Kansas City last year. I don't think people remember that. Baker did everything to let that team win or put them in a position to win. And uh Chad Henney ends up running for first downs on third and long. So but they'll be good going forward. I think they had a great draft.
0: Yeah, no I agree. I mean the only teams that – or the only team that really, like, stuck out is, like – I mean, it's tough to bash Houston just because they get bashed enough and they didn't have a pick until the third round. Taking Davis Mills is interesting, though, because it's almost like they might know something as Deshaun Watson. Like, Deshaun Watson might have the most unclear future of any athlete in professional mm. sports. Like, realistically, you could never play a snap of football again if all these cases are are legitimate. But I would be
1: surprised if that happened. If I never saw him play again, I think I'd be surprised at, at this point.
0: Yeah, no Some problem. Some stuff
1: would have to happen, I think, for, yeah. for that Probably.
0: To Probably. I'd say there still is a small
2: chance. He's of,
1: definitely not playing this year. For anyone ever. in fantasy or whatever, he's definitely not playing this year.
2: I don't think he'll ever play a snap for the Houston Texans again. I agree with you on that. Yeah, I, would, I mean,
1: yeah, I'd say, I think he
2: gets the fuck out and just, dude, get out of, get out of Texas because clearly, you're – someone doesn't like you down there where they're doing all this shit. Yeah, and the and
1: the tough thing is, is, is that he's untradeable right now. Who who's going to trade for him until all this shit is cleared up and his suspension is served? Well, here's the thing: is like, if you're a
0: team that needs a QB. Like, this would this would be the time to trade for him. Yeah,
1: but can you handle that PR-wise? Like exactly. Be-
0: exact. From a football standpoint, it makes a lot of sense. From everything else standpoint, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um,
1: and Jerry um, Jones would do it.
0: Go ahead. What would you say?
1: Uh, I was just saying Jerry Jones would do it. Or Hal uh, <laughs> Davis would do it. One of those two would do it. Yeah.
0: I, it. I think another team that had a really good draft was um, Miami. I mean, I think Wa- – I mean, Waddle's a good pick. I – Think they would have been happier if Chase fell to them or if that worked. It's one of those, yeah. Uh, but I think, I mean, you still need to get to a weapon. Um, they could sneaky have a pretty good offense this year, but it's all dependent on what Tua's production looks like. Um, you know, Parker Waddle, you know, the and Gasicki at tight end, Fuller, too.
1: They signed Will Fuller,
0: yep, and Miles Gaskin produced really well at a uh, running back. So, I'm
1: not surprised they didn't take a
0: running back though. I agree with you there. I was going to say the same thing. Uh, I mean, there wasn't a ton of. Actually, I thought Chubba Hubbard might have been a good a good fit there. Uh, He's he's a good pick for for Carolina.
1: Yeah, actually, in terms of late running backs, I actually really like Trey Sermon, who went to uh, San Francisco. That's gonna like. I don't really believe in Moster or Jeff Wilson long term, and McKinnon just signed elsewhere. So, I I think he signed with Kansas City. Yeah, yeah, it's like
0: little. Yeah, I feel like all of those running backs are like, they, they all blend into one for me. It's like, maybe it's because they were all hurt at different periods last year and yeah. they played last year. But between, I mean, Mostert can't stay healthy. I think he played, what, seven games last year? And mm-hmm. then it was McKinnon, and then it was Tevin Coleman, and then it was Jeff Wilson who absolutely tore the Patriots, a new one. Um, yeah, I
1: think they had one other guy too. who
2: Michael Basie. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. Hasty, there you go. <laughs> they had like the.
2: I remember mean, I picked him up like week fifteen of fantasies. they were like, he's gonna get a run.
1: I'll tell you what. Whoever, whoever lines up at uh, running back for San Francisco is gonna produce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bottom line, with Shanahan there, they're they're gonna run the ball effectively in that zone running scheme that he's got going on. So they're a good value. Trey Sermon's a good value later really? in their fantasy drafts.
0: I guess one one more question, and then we'll get out of here. Does um, Trey Lance? take a snap this year without Jimmy G getting hurt. (laughs) There you go. Yes.
1: Um, I'm going to go no on that one. I'm going to go no. I'm going to say that they commit to Jimmy and Trey is a guy that is going to benefit from a year just sitting and learning under the guru. And, you know, I think Jimmy will honestly probably go get a low end starting job somewhere next year when his contract runs up. I don't know where it'll be, but... I mean, that... Whoever gets him on, like, a
0: one-year deal for, like, $7 million, that I mean, that's a he's, a... he's a quality starting quarterback. He suddenly <laughs> enters
1: that Dalton, like... Yeah. Trubisky now entered like, that tier of quarterbacks who they're, like, not quite done, but didn't live up to their expectations, that's for sure. Yeah.
2: Do you, okay, I think... See, this is the... I think Jimmy G kind of gets a bad... A bad rep I think he's I that like I think he's again, is he a top 32 quarterback in the NFL? I think 100 percent yes yeah. is he top 20? I think he's one of those fringe guys. Like, I think he'll be a starter for the foreseeable future. I mean, look that San Francisco defense two years ago was unreal that offense had you know George Kittle, obviously, and then they just had a great year. Mm-hmm. He just get them to the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah. I'll, say, I'll say this. I would have been fine if we didn't take a QB in the first round. If we were trading for Jimmy G, I don't think that was ever going to happen. But I'm happy that it didn't happen. A, because you're actually getting a guy here who you can develop long term. And B, I don't have to listen to Felger and Maz bitch about it every single day. Amen. And they still are. So I don't know
1: how they can actually like be upset with the draft. I don't know how. Yeah, I mean,
0: I mean, I I don't think there's a spot really where you can be like, I don't know why they did this. And they're usually prone to like one pick where you're like, what the hell are you thinking here?
1: Yeah, and you know, every single pick was good. Even the sixth round pick, Josh Bledsoe, is very much so like an Adrian Phillips type player. Like there's potential with all of these guys. And I trust the Patriots Look, they got William Sherman, or yeah, William Sherman, with a sixth round pick as well. I mean, Mike Onwenu was a sixth round pick last year, and we're looking at one of the top five offensive linemen in football potentially.
0: Yeah. Like, four, four. Yeah. So. All right. I think that'll uh, that'll do it, Chris. Man, thanks for coming on. It was a great discussion, and uh, I'm sure you'll be back uh, once football starts coming back.
1: Yeah, appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right. Later. later.